my expectations for America were. Welcome to the Healthy Explorer podcast. Uh, on today's ACBC episode, Annalise and I talk about how we met, why we each decided to move to Barcelona, our first international trips, uh, some of the traveling we did growing up, and the cultural differences that Annalise noticed her first time in the U.S. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy. My name is Billy Kokenauer, and I am here with my lovely wife, Annalise, and we are going to talk about some of our travels. Like now? Now? <laughs> so, we'll start with, how did we meet? Um, well, you arrived to Barcelona a little bit before me, but I arrived, well, we arrived, we didn't see each other during the orientation weekend, apparently. Or maybe we did, and we, were, we just didn't realize that we were looking at a future husband or wife, which is mad to think about now. But, um, yeah, I remember meeting, like, a few people there. Um, uh, you know, the uh, exuberant ones. And then we did a week of school. My pet host parents needed to take uh, their little boy for an appointment, so I got on the train. I saw a poster for the. This is like the, this is a very long version of this story. That's fine. We get time. <laughs> um, I saw a poster for the Citrus Film Festival. Trying to no, I didn't get on the wrong train. I just got off the wrong stop. But anyway, I messed up a train. That's, I mean, that's a life motif for me, so it's nothing unusual. And then, because they had said that they were going to Madrid the weekend, and so I had the house to myself, but I was like, I don't want to stay in this big house that I don't know alone all weekend. So I booked a hostel in Barcelona and had the tickets for the film festival to see... Loving Vincent, which is an awesome movie. It's beautiful. Uh, you missed out on the tickets, so you said you'd miss, you'd meet me later because you, I posted on uh, like Facebook caps group. And then, yeah, I went to the hostel. We did like um, like a group paella, like make the dinner and then eat the dinner together thing, which was cool. Um, it was I can't remember what it was called when I stayed there, but it's the one right by that building uh i don't know if it's safety point now or something anyway i digress i think it's it might be safe stay now safe stay or something like because like they have a rooftop equity bar point. equity point maybe it was that and now it's safe stay because they have a rooftop bar which is nice and you can see onto the like this beautiful little domed like rooftop place on the apartments next door uh but yeah yeah just down the street from casa about yeah mm-hmm. it was a cool hostel and then i got up mm, was 
running a little bit late. Again, you had late. issues with trains. I feel like... Yeah, I got the train. <laughs> I got the train that misses the stuff that switches and went straight to Villanova. And I was panicking because obviously my ticket was only valid until Sitges anyway as well. So I was like, oh, you know, if I'm going to have to da 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 And the train inspector came and I was just like, typical, like, no, I blow Espanol, tourist, like, style. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, you picked it up now, though, but that was your first week in the country. Yeah, so... So I managed to get the train back and still managed to get in there, grab a bottle of water out of the vending machine and sit down in my seat just as it was starting. So I was very proud of myself. And then I met you afterwards. But I was tired and hungry. So I went and got some, some tortilla, some churrita from shop right by the train station and like gobbled that down and then that was good actually and then I might have actually bought something else whilst we were here as well to eat because I was super hungry but um yeah we were both not feeling great so we decided to go and chill on the beach yeah and I guess uh for anyone that doesn't know us or can't tell from our accents I am American and you're British, so we met when uh, we both moved to the Barcelona area to teach English with CAPS, which uh, is no longer a thing. Uh, but home maybe, to home still going. Maybe that's a, a story for a different day. Yeah. Um, but it, where I'm from in the States, uh, there aren't a lot of people that smoke cigarettes. And where I was in Spain, there were quite a few. So the people that um, my host family had sent me with to hang out uh, the night before I met you uh, were literally lighting their next cigarette with their previous cigarette. And for someone who's never really been around cigarette smoke, that can uh, do a number on your stomach. Uh, so when I got up that morning, I wasn't feeling too great, but I had said that I'd meet you and I'm a man of my word so I hopped on the train after uh, uh, after throwing up uh, at my host parents house I still decided to go get on the train and got on the train and in order to be able to use the bathroom at the train station I had to buy a bottle of water um, so they would let me use the cafe the cafeteria bathroom uh, and threw up again there and then went out and saw this lovely beautiful British girl uh, and we walked to the beach and since we both weren't feeling full of energy uh, we ended up falling asleep on the beach and me being a week out of Florida that was totally fine I just topped up my tan a little bit you had a different experience yeah, I look like Two-Face from Batman. Like, I was burnt. I was really burnt. Like, all under my jaw was swollen the next day. My lips were swollen. Everything's pink. My nose, even my nose swole up a little bit. Like, I was cremated. And then I had, like, a weird band where, like, um, in between my skirt and my crop top, 
had burnt too. I mean, yeah, so that was not fun. And then all the teachers are like, you've only got one face. You need to go to a doctor. And then I cried. But it was fine. Everything was okay in the end. So that's how we met. Yeah. Long story, TLDR is... I went to a film festival because I screwed up on trains. And Billy Kentan and I cannot. Well, I've had more experience with the sun. I'm from the sunshine state. I wasn't throwing up all day. True. True. I have less experience. I was buying like ice cream in an ice cream store. Like, I could do an ice cream because I was so hungry. And I'm like, Billy, do you want anything? Not only is he a bit of an ice cream snob anyway, so he's like, mm. But he's like, I'm just going to go use the bathroom real quick. Unbeknownst to me. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't, you said you didn't even realize that when I went and got up. Were you just like curious as to why I kept going to the bathroom? Well, I mean, you never threw up in the sea, did you? I feel like then I would have asked questions. That would have been weird. I did go into the sea, uh just to try and shock my body from what to me was very, very cold water, which mm-hmm. to most people from colder countries would, uh, or colder climates would probably not agree with that. But for me, it was very, very cold. So I tried to shock the sickness out of me. How did that go for you? Uh, it, it actually helped for a little bit and I don't like the cold um, but it was a very temporary fix Uh, it only lasted a very short time so why did you decide to move to Barcelona because I was gonna move to China but my mom put up too much of a fight and said it was too far away if I needed bailing out so she acquiesced to uh, Spain and that's I mean I went to visit my friends teaching in China and I was like this is cool that was your first international trip right yep well I mean unless you count a school trip in year seven to Paris on like a ferry it was my first plane journey ever three separate flights to China it's a very interesting first plane journey. Oh yeah, it was. Um, I was so nervous. Uh, I was really. I don't know. And sometimes I go into like super, I don't know, super nice mode when I'm nervous. So I was like, really chatty to like, the check-in person who helped me because they had to put my hiking rucksack. Um, into oversized luggage and I thought that was going to cost more because I just saw it like oversized it wasn't that it was overweight it was just it was oversized and I was like oh I mean da, 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 you know and they're like no no it's fine you just need to take it down there we've got you all checked in there's your tickets and I'm like what do I do where do I go um, so everyone was super nice I sat next to this really nice guy who was English but he lived in the Netherlands well, not near Amsterdam, but somewhere else. 
Um, and I was like, I'm really nervous. This is my first flight. And he was like, no, it's fine. Just don't worry if the plan, like the plane bounces around when we land. That's like completely normal. And like it'll shudder a bit taking off. So I got some like, but the pl that plane actually landed really, really smoothly. And the second plane didn't. So I'm glad that he warned me of that. But yeah. And then the second plane was like the super long one from Amsterdam to Chengdu in the middle of China. And I was just like watching movies, playing games and the things. I hadn't really had a plan for like beating jet lag. I just accidentally did it. Um, and then I had my, the last flight, <laughs> which I didn't realize there was two terminals because there's only one terminal in Birmingham. And I don't know if there's more than one terminal in Amsterdam, but I feel like you can get to all of them. I don't know. Or at least there's more English signage than there was in Chengdu. Like the signs in English, don't get me wrong, but I had no idea that there was a second terminal. And I was like sat there waiting for ages and ages and ages. And I had to go get my bags as well. Um, how did I make that flight? Because I had to go get my bags. Oh, but I checked them in again. So I had to go get my bags, then I checked them in again. But yeah, but then I was just sat at the wrong terminal. Which was um, good. And I was waiting and waiting for my gate to come up with my flight number. And I was like, it's not on the board at all. I went to customer services and the lady, bless her, was like, cheat. <laughs> like, it's like gesturing like with two fingers, like terminal two at me and like, pointing and yeah and I could tell that I I had I messed up <laughs> so I got this bus to the other terminal and then like a British person just stood in the queue did you have to go through security yeah then? I had to go through security there's a huge queue and I just stood in the queue like I didn't push or anything which I mean I don't think it would have even been as frowned upon in Chinese culture but then I was like literally trying to like run off the stand when security were checking me and they kept putting me back on the podium because they still wanted to check and I'm like <laughs> and it was just yeah it's like complete zero do you know what I mean means of communication other than like emotional expression of speed please so how much Chinese did you know at this point zero Chinese that yeah I probably I had beautifully prepared spreadsheet with all the addresses, the places, all the ticket numbers, all the times, like, it, it was just wonderful. And I printed off copies for everybody else, obviously. Um, ask Eloise about it, she'll tell you. She just burst out laughing when I started giving out these <laughs> spreadsheets to everyone with, like, an itinerary of everywhere we were going. Um, but I hadn't learned any Chinese. Um, and I was running down the terminal and this like little lady's like popping her head out and the gate's far as well it's not like a gate that's close to security so i'm running down and i'm like waving because i reckon that's my gate and i get on the plane and then and then after all of that i get to Guangzhou, and becca and eloise are late to meet me obviously but i didn't realize how far they actually had to come from where they were staying so i mean it's fair enough um so I hadn't slept really, was feeling really tired then, but then we went to 
um, a place that was still open for food um, and to meet everyone else we were traveling with. And then we went back to the university apartments um, where they were staying, so they were teaching at university. And, um, and then we stayed up some more. So I have no idea how many hours I went without sleep at that point. Uh, and then we went to bed and then we got up early to get a train. But somehow the jet lag was fine until I got back. Probably had a little bit of adrenaline going too. First, first time being in a new country. Um. Yeah, and it was warm. And I'd come from like cold England in February because I'd gone over for like our joint birthdays because like there's three of us all born within like two weeks first two weeks of february so um it was really cold in england <clears throat> and i got to got to china switch to south china it was like it was mild it was warm it was nice it was kind of like florida a little bit in like springtime and there was palm trees as well and like big wide roads for like six lanes of cars or something ridiculous like that i don't know was it inland or on the coast guangzhou is inland um but yeah we mainly were inland apart from when we visited hong kong for jack to fly back um so and then we're on like we were on mainland hong kong and then on the island of hong kong um that was cool probably would have been like nice to explore a little more maybe go see like the giant buddha i think that's there um but we didn't have time because our schedule got all messed up because we uh one of the trains um didn't go well so wasn't my fault this time though <laughs> um but it was definitely what inspired me to like just go traveling because it was really it's a really interesting culture it's very different um but it's also taking on a lot of western ways so um and it's interesting to see like the contrasts there well my first uh international trip had some interesting moments as well uh when i was 16 i flew to the dominican republic uh, and i knew i had taken spanish in school and knew just enough spanish to get myself into trouble <laughs> so with the caribbean accent uh, in spanish they tend to uh, cut a lot of their s's almost the way people from boston tend to cut a lot of their r's um, and I was walking to get to um, the place where we were having dinner. And I actually, before I get to that, I was on the bus because we had gone to the Dominican Republic uh, on a missions trip. And when I went, um, I didn't know anyone on the trip. My cousin had gone on the trip the year before, and he had told me about it, but he wasn't going to be going on this trip. Uh, so it was a missions trip where we would play baseball with some of the local kids down there. Uh, we would help out with orphanages and daycares and things like that. And, uh, it was a really cool trip and, and a lot of fun. Um, after 
one of the times when we had uh, played a game against some of the local kids, uh, we were on the bus back and I had fallen asleep on the bus. And apparently while I was asleep, the meeting time for dinner had changed uh, because um, we were eating dinner at a place that was down the road a little bit from, from the hotel that we were staying at. So I, um, I didn't realize that the time had changed. So I uh, went back to my room and then came back uh, expecting to get on the bus and go over to dinner and realized that everyone was already gone. So me being 16 and my first time out of the country, I thought, well, I'll try and walk there because we've been there once or maybe twice. Um, so I know probably the general direction that it is. Um, so I'll, I'll try walking and see how it goes. It can't be that far. So I walked out um, and started walking there and uh, a girl comes running across the street um, to ask me something and I didn't really understand what she was saying. So I kind of just brushed her off and kept walking. Um, and I had had, I think, uh, a $10 bill in my waistband because I was wearing um, shorts that didn't have any pockets. Uh, and I kept kept walking for a little bit and then realized that the $10 bill had fallen out. Uh, and it was kind of shin-high, not quite knee-high grass. So I looked around in the grass for a little bit uh, to see if I could find it. And while I was doing that, that girl came running back again. Again, I wasn't really sure what she was saying, but managed to, to brush her off. Uh, after walking for a little bit longer, uh, I decided that I wasn't 100% sure where the dinner place was. Um, so I decided I'll just turn around, go back to the hotel, maybe try and get food at the hotel and just won't eat, um, with, with the rest of the group. Um, so I turn around start walking back and she runs back across the street again. And I try to say that I need to go to the hotel as a way to get her to leave. Um, but knowing just no Spanish to get myself into trouble, I start saying we go to the hotel. So she starts saying yes, yes, and starts walking with me. Me thinking that I'm saying I need to go to the hotel. She thinking that I'm saying we go to the hotel, which obviously can, uh, can create some confusion. Um, so I start saying it louder, thinking that maybe she just doesn't understand me when, in fact, she had because understood me. It's just I is, didn't understand myself. And also that is the, the key to any any uh, communication between languages is just speak louder. Well, and and since then I've kind of figured out that typically volume is compensation for low quality content. Um, but anyway, so I started um, walking back and she keeps following me and I'm trying to get her to go away. And at one point I say, no, Bamo al hotel, and she goes, "See, sí, too freaky." And I said, "No, no freaky. I don't. I don't want freaky." And unfortunately, um, one of the coaches from the trip and his son had planned on walking, um, and planned on going later. So they managed to walk up uh, and kind of rescued me 
from that miscommunication uh, and then I walked to uh, to the place where we were eating with them um, then go ahead do you think it's possible that you were pickpocketed of that ten dollars in hindsight I, I don't think it's possible because I was never touched so okay. and yeah I there was always uh, social distancing even <laughs> before the era of social distancing was was in effect um, yeah, I think it's just that because it was just in my waistband as I was walking, it had wiggled its way out. And in the mm -hmm. tall grass, I just um, couldn't find it. Fair enough. And then on, on the way back from that trip, um, I don't remember what airline we were flying. Um, but whatever airline it was, their computers had crashed or something that day. Mm -hmm. So we get to the airport. We, we leave where we were staying at probably 5 in the morning get to the airport uh, before six and then we're delayed for hours in the airport in Santo Domingo. Then finally get the flight to Miami and we were trying to make our way back to Tampa. Uh, we get the flight to Miami and after landing we sit on the runway on the plane in Miami for three hours before we can taxi to the gate. Then finally get off the plane and by this point, it's probably about midnight and we get inside the airport and there's just people sleeping on the airport floor because um, whatever airline that was, pretty much all their flights got screwed up uh, for that uh, for that day. And we were all pretty hungry, all pretty tired. And it's funny how when you get to that point, there's a cycle that starts because they're are some people who, when they're that tired to the point of almost being delirious, everything is just absolutely hilarious. And there's another group of people who, when they're that tired, everything just pisses them off. So, so the people who think everything's funny start laughing at a bunch of stupid stuff, <laughs> which pisses the other group of people off even more, which makes the first group laugh even more. And it just is a, is an interesting cycle that you just hope you're on that side that thinks everything is funny, which... <laughs> Fortunately, at that time, that night I was, so it was, it was funny for me. But um, and then we ended up actually renting vans at like five in the morning because we, the earliest time we were going to be able to fly out was going to be um, like a whole other day, possibly even two. So we rented vans and then drove the four and a half hour uh, drive across from Miami to Tampa, which is a drive that. You and I have made, uh, but that could be again because of a, travel, yeah. travel mishaps. That could be another story for for another time. But yeah, so I, that was my first international trip. So it took me over twenty four hours to get what should have taken three or so hours, um, and I've been going on international trips as much as I can ever since. Um, on my way back from China, to be fair, like. Both I and my father have um, come to the conclusion that we're not very good with dealing with like um, plus one day shifts, especially going over time zones. So for some reason, I don't know whether it was the day before and something, I, I don't know. Either way, a miscommunication had happened and my dad had turned up a day early to pick me up from the airport. So he was calling me whilst I was in China and I was like, I'm not on the plane yet. 
but I don't know how time zones work, so maybe I'll see. <laughs> Did you think that if you went backwards, you'd go like back in time, back to the future style? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I might have. When I originally told him like what day it would be, because I was like, well, da, 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 forgetting, of course, that they already factor all of that in. So, um, yeah, that was bad. And then I texted him when I got to Amsterdam, being like, okay, I'm in Amsterdam. I'll be on the flight to Birmingham soon. And he misunderstood and he went to the airport again to pick me up. <laughs> so my dad went like three times to the Poor airport dad. in two days to pick me up. But I got him a nice gift from the, from G3. It's like his favorite cologne. So, um, yeah, he wasn't very happy. <laughs> he was happy I was back and that I was safe and that I enjoyed my trip. But, yeah. Just would have preferred that you told him the correct day to pick you up. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. yep. So, what made you want to teach English? That's a good question. I went to university for psychology, so I definitely want to, like, help people improve and grow. And then I'd seen, you know, my friends traveling <clears throat> in China um teaching english and obviously i looked to do that too especially if one of my friends was going to repeat yes so basically i wanted to go out and stay with one of my friends and teach at the same institution that she did but yeah mom vetoed that so then like i started looking around for other positions as well <clears throat> well actually i was looking around for the TAFL certificate to do um, and then I found the CAPS program through a TEFL certificate provider, um, you know, paid however much money to get my TEFL certificate and enrollment onto this program, which they had nothing to do with and I could have just gone straight to CAPS. But it is what it is. Um, but through doing the TEFL, I was like, oh, I really enjoy this. And then like, obviously, um, getting there and experiencing like the culture plus I was so lucky with my host family in Spain like I was really really lucky you know there was like some bits at the start because you know the little boy didn't warm up to me very well um and was like super shy where I was like oh what am I doing here he won't even speak to me that's the whole reason I'm here um and then like some other like miscommunications and i can be very anxious anyway um you no <laughs> yeah i know so like there is some times where i was like oh what am i doing here well why don't i just go home um because i was with like the baby babies as well um and the role wasn't exactly what i thought it was going to be at the start um but then like that second year with CJ at Vadruna and I was just like perfect. Yeah, for me, I wanted to find a way to travel more. I had been teaching, well, I started out doing personal training um, and saw trends in kids' health um, going a direction that um, didn't look good long term with most kids spending lots of time on the computer and not being outside and active as much 
uh, not playing as many sports, so I wanted to try and help be a part to change that because uh, some of my personal training clients would come to me and they had already kind of picked up habits as kids that um, weren't the best. So I decided to start teaching elementary PE, which was a lot of fun. And the other nice thing about that is it still let me do personal training because I could go, you know, starting at four or five o'clock and start doing personal training in the evenings as well. And also I got a summer break. I got a week in the spring for spring break, week in the fall for Thanksgiving break, and a couple weeks uh, for Christmas break, which allowed me to travel. And I uh, took one summer to uh, spend the summer or spend a month in Europe with my sister and do a, a little Euro trip, which was an absolute blast. Uh, again, maybe another story for uh, for another podcast. And I wanted I'd like to, to listen to that. Yeah. Um, the full uncut version of your sister's <laughs> version of, <laughs> of how that trip went. <laughs> I, I think that uh, we may just have to do that. So I had been to Europe and saw how easy it was to get from country to country when you're over there. So I uh, wanted to live over there and get a chance to explore uh, a lot of Europe, which I've been able to do and now have a European wife. Um, Not for long. Brexit. <laughs> Not that I support that in any way, shape well, or form. Still on the same continent, but yeah, travel might change. Although with coronavirus, we still don't know what travel is going to look like in the future as well. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, so I wanted to... How did you get stuck here in England forever? Yeah, well, I'll see a lot of rain. (laughs) That's true. So I wanted to live in Europe so that I could uh, see a lot of different countries in Europe. Um, But being from Florida, I wanted to be somewhere relatively warm, uh, which basically meant... Uh, the Mediterranean coastal countries, uh, which narrowed it down to pretty much Portugal, Spain, Italy, and Greece. Uh, And I had done an online uh, TEFL certification through International TEFL Academy. And and when I emailed them asking about their suggestions, uh, they recommended Spain because they had the best... English teaching job opportunities at that time. Portugal already has a pretty high level of English, um, so they aren't looking for as many English teachers. But Spain at that time was uh, hiring a lot of English teachers, so managed to apply for a few different places and uh, had a couple offers to go to Madrid, one to go to Extremadura, which is in landlocked portion of the in the southwest of Spain and then had uh, an opportunity to go to Catalonia in uh, northeast Spain and started teaching in a city called Villanova Ila del True which is uh, an awesome little coastal city just about 45 minutes or so outside of um, Barcelona and then for the two years after that I taught in the city of Barcelona and uh, lived right in the city center. So I was in the, in the middle of everything. 
yeah, met a lot of amazing people, including my wife while I was in Barcelona. So I think it was an excellent decision to, uh, to live abroad. What was traveling like growing up for you? Did you travel much? When you were younger? Oh, yeah. We went, like, all over the UK with Dad on, like, any summer holiday. Well, summer school holidays. Mom would take us because Dad travels all around the country for work and staying in hotels and stuff. So he'd just book a family room for whenever we were with them. And um, we'd go visit all, like, the English heritage sites, castles, lighthouses, war museums, all sorts of all sorts of things. So we've definitely seen like most of England, Wales and Scotland and we had a caravan in Wales so we'd go like every weekend to Wales and go to the beach. Dad's a big fan of the beach. Um, I'd have a bodyboard and a little wetsuit because yeah, the water is a little bit colder here than Florida. Yeah, the especially the Gulf Coast of Florida will yeah. be uh, a little bit warmer than it is here for most of the year. Yeah, that's fine. Maybe like, but I was young, you know what I mean? There's only so much of it that you remember. So I do remember some amazing fudge made with like the honey that they um, like had their own bees at this one abbey that's down in like Gloucester or something. I've got the little card for it here from one of my memory boxes. I'm going to take a photo of it so I can finally discard it. So um, and put it on a on a to-go list in Google Maps. Any other memories of traveling as a kid that stick out? Going to going abroad for the first time, so going on the ferry. How long of a ferry is that from England to France? It's a couple hours, maybe an hour and a half. I don't remember, to be honest. What I remember from that trip is um, trying to, like, well, this one, this one girl who went to high school with trying to buy Red Bull and then being like, or like some of the girls were trying to get Red Bull and like on the ferry for some reason you had to be like 16. I don't know whether it was the French laws or what to buy Red Bull. So, um, like we sent off one of the oldest looking girls because we're all like 12 or something to go and get Red Bull. But, um... <laughs> yeah, I know. It's strange. I remember going to Disneyland Paris, which Disney World, Walt Disney World, is like just a whole nother like level. It's like a universe. If it, like yeah, so um, definitely do Walt Disney World. But Disneyland Paris is a good place to start. But don't go to one. Don't don't go to Walt Disney World and then go to Disneyland Paris because it's a bit of a like. Oh, okay. So we went to that. We went to the Cité Science, the Science Museum in Paris, which was cool. Um, we sung uh, Je suis la pomme de terre at a bunch of French kids who were also visiting the museum and were winding them up for some reason. I don't know why saying I am a potato um, was so hilarious, but we were 12, like, cut some slack. The thing that I think is funny is uh, if you literally translate potato it means apple of the, the earth. earth yeah <laughs> and then i snuck out of the room at one point um to go get the chocolate and snacks from the vending machine 
not realizing that teachers are of course adults who are of course people um it's something that's surprising to all students <laughs> so they were all down at the bar having a drink after we've all been put to bed so I just like do like Mission Impossible tune playing in my head not expecting like expecting them to be waiting in the corridors do you know what I mean to like catch us um if we escape <laughs> so I get downstairs and I'm like yeah yeah and walk towards the vending machine and I look to my right and there is just every teacher just looking at me like so I'm like just getting my stuff from the vending machine and run back upstairs and yeah so my poor teachers I was a little bit of a entertaining student <laughs> at school challenging not challenging I wasn't bad bad I just was frustrating uh, for a lot of people I don't think I can be annoying but yeah, so that's what I remember about that, was the, the ferry ride, the museum, going on Splash Mountain, so no, that's not Splash Mountain, that's an old Towers, I think. I think it might be Splash Mountain, because I think there's Splash Mountain at Disney World. No, it's the other one, it's the one where you... Space Mountain. Space Mountain. Space Mountain. Which I have a picture of. So that was the first trip. And then didn't happen again until... So from like 2012 to 2017. And then I went to China. And then I went to Italy in the May. China in February, Italy in the May. To go and visit a friend who was doing like Erasmus out there. That was really cool. I really, I really love Italy. For like so many reasons. The food like the history the sites yeah yeah we'll have to do a couple podcasts on on Italy because it does have some absolutely amazing food some really cool places um, but yeah Italy is is one of my favorite countries as well um, for me growing up I was also able to travel in my home country a lot in in the US a lot uh, but didn't go internationally until I was 16 um, and didn't go anywhere besides the U.S. and the Dominican Republic for another few years after that. But then after my uh, trip to Europe in 2016 with my sister, um, I started getting to... Uh, a lot more countries went to Central America a few times um, and then traveled throughout the US and went to Canada uh, and then obviously moved to to Europe to the Barcelona area um, and have spent some time over over in Europe so um, growing up I did have some pretty awesome trips though stateside uh, with my family and my dad traveled a lot for work so he would often have uh, frequent flyer miles that we could use to uh, to take some some pretty cool trips most on the eastern half of the US didn't really get out to uh, 
the western half at all, except for the time uh, when my parents and I went out to see my sister in Australia. Obviously, we had to go past the western half, so I've um, never actually been to California. I've been to LAX twice, but I don't know that that really counts as mm, being, count. as being in California. Airports don't count. Um, but, yeah, I've seen... The majority of the states on the eastern half of the U.S., but almost none on the western half yet, although I, uh, I plan to. Yeah, I'll, I'll come with you if you want. <laughs> I, I hope you will. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of cool sites that I want to see out west. Cool. What was, like, the most remembered trip of your childhood or like the most fondly remembered trip and how old were you because i was just thinking like do you know what's the kind of age that i don't i don't even remember the ages that i was for trips i know i really enjoyed a family trip to boston that was a lot of fun and actually went with my dad to Fenway Park and got to tour uh, Fenway Park and see a lot of U.S. history, which for an American can be really old for someone from Europe. Um, U.S. history isn't all that old. Uh, hmm. And had a, another cool trip where we uh, visited a few minor league baseball stadiums in the New York area um, and also went to Cooperstown, where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. Had some trips where I would go down to Cincinnati, where my brother was going to college there, and got to eat Grater's ice cream and Skyline Chili, and had some really cool family trips to Myrtle Beach, uh, which were a lot of fun, because we get a lot of the extended family together for those. Uh, had a real fun trip with some family to, to Asheville, North Carolina as well. Um, but yeah, I had quite a few fun trips all throughout the years. Um, but yeah, I, I really caught the travel bug. And I always had a little bit of it, but really caught it in, yeah, in 2016, 2015, 2016, uh, and things ramped up from there and now I'm always looking to go somewhere new yeah it's nice to see different places of new different places of places you've already been though because I've just realized that since 2017 like I've been to Italy every year I'm so lucky to say that and I'm not sure whether I'll be able to say that this year but yeah I mean obviously there's a lot of unknowns with with the coronavirus now but um yeah hopefully travel opens up um before too much longer but it may give more opportunities to visit some other places as well flights might be cheap once things open back up so you had your first trip to the united states this year um, yes i did what, how did it compare to your expectations? Um, well, first of all, 
it wasn't sunny every day, which you'd very much hyped up the sun in Florida. <laughs> I feel like I jinxed myself because, yeah, the first couple days after we got there, it rained, I think, each of the first two days, which was very uncharacteristic for that time of year for Florida. Um, it was, yeah, way more rainy than normal. So I think we just brought the European weather over with <laughs> us to Florida for a couple of days till it leveled out. Fair enough. Well, my expectations for America were, I didn't expect the cars to be so big, which looking back, like that's a trope of America, so I should have expected it, but I arrived. None of the cars had license plates on the front of them, which to a British person is weird. It's like looking at a topless, like, person. Well, and that's, that's something that is, you'll see in Florida, but you won't see in all 50 states. Yeah, uh, and to be fair, like, we only went to, like, Florida, and then we went to Boston and Ohio, so, like, it's not like, the U.S. is, like, China in the sense that it's, like, huge, and it has very distinct cultural regions that each have their own, like, kind of flavors and, um, ambience and fashion, and so it's, you know, I got a, a window into Florida, but, um, it was really, really nice to be by the water so much. Um, your parents and your sister did an amazing job, like, hosting us, especially with that trip to Disney World. So good. Well, both of them. Anyway, your toilets are really weirdly shaped and low. But they were comfortable. Um, what? They're weird. Like if you like most European people would be like, huh. Kinda looks like a shape of a bidet. See, we just think that European toilets are really high and like Small. for me some of the European toilets almost feel like um handicap toilets for people that can't get squat down, down as far and can't get back up as easily. I feel yeah, but then again, that's that's what I'm used to, uh, is obviously the the U.S. ones. Yeah, another thing was like the application of tax after the price. Oh, so annoying. Just I mean, work it out for us, please. Like you are the the producer. Yeah, but it sounds so much better to say the price before tax. Yeah, because the tax is expensive sometimes as well. Like, and um, yeah, how much food was was kind of surprising. Like it was kind of a lot, but I also tasted the best maple syrup I've ever had in my life. Yeah, Thank that, you, Costco. Well, was it bourbon barrel aged maple yeah, syrup? Yeah, wild for life or something like that. Oh, it was so good. And for those of you who haven't been to both Europe in the US. Um, in the US, prices are given pre-tax, uh, and in Europe, prices are given with the tax already included into it. Um, so for example, if something costs $9.50 with 50 cents tax, um, in the US, the price would say nine fifty plus tax, but in Europe, it would just say uh, 10. 10 tax included, which obviously is going to be can be a uh, 
And tipping as well. Like, especially now we're moving into an era of, like, living wages and stuff like that. Where, like, is it still expected to tip? Am I going to look like an, you know, a-hole if I don't tip? Like, how much do I tip? So... Yeah, it just seems like like money just leaks out of you when you're in America. Yeah, however, in my experience, there's usually better service at tips base restaurants. Um, I've been I've been at some places in Europe where you have to physically, like, chase down the waiter or waitress to to pay the bill. Um, where whereas in the states usually they're coming around every few minutes making sure you don't or checking to see if you want anything else or things like that yeah but you don't want to but like i remember when i used to wait tables you don't there's a fine line because you don't want to bug people either but again actually this was in britain so in britain you wouldn't want to bug people but in america they'd probably enjoy like you know me coming and checking on them constantly but not that I wouldn't check out my customers, obviously. I was an excellent waitress. Well, and I think a part of that, too, is the culture, especially in a country like um, Italy or Spain, the the culture is to kind of Sit stay, and chat forever, yeah. yeah I was going to say, they have the sober mesa. Um, I was going to say, yeah. So they will, yeah, after the meal, tend to, which tends to be much later, a couple hours later than meals typically are in the states but then they'll um, extend the meals by just uh, sitting and, and socializing so uh, in the states you wouldn't see that as much typically when the meal's over you move on to the next thing um, so yeah that's I think that's part of it as well um, so what's on your wish list of places you want to go next everywhere no it's so basic I mean I'm never gonna say no to Italy but um and, like, my dream is to one day see the Amazon. But that's, like, not next. So, I mean, we're going to be going back to Florida, I'm guessing, because we've got stuff to do. What, uh, what country that you haven't been to would you like to go to? Or mm, that's a good question. What country that I'm you sorry. haven't been to do you think you'll get to next? I gotta think of ones I haven't been to. It takes longer than it used to. I don't know, because coronavirus has kind of changed a lot of things. Cause you don't know which countries are going to lift restrictions or, you know what I mean, have good measures and practices. If we're going for like an easy trip, I'd say somewhere in Europe, so maybe Scandinavia. I definitely would like to get to uh, some of the Scandinavian countries, like... Denmark and Sweden and that area over there. Scotland is its own country, so we could drive across the border to Scotland. So we can go to Scotland next. You've been to Scotland, but that that would be definitely on the short list of places I'd like to get to next. I've heard a lot of good things. I'd say like Denmark or Sweden in Europe. Um, I like to go to Texas. If we're in, if we're in uh, America. 
Some years Texas wave. wants to be their own country. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can wave hi to JP. Social distance hung high five. I would like to go to do, do, do. I really want to go to Japan. But I don't think that'll be next. Maybe once we're in Asia. But we'll see. I don't know, I'm just happy to go anywhere with you. As long as it's not too full of mosquitoes or too hot. It's basically Florida in summer. <laughs> well, I'm up for anywhere that's not too rainy or too cold. <laughs> it's basically England in, in the winter. Pretty it's much fine, yeah. we can winter in Florida in summer in England. Well, I guess we'll be snowbirds. Yeah. Well, that'll wrap up our first podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoy and catch you next time.